Hey there, and welcome to Lively Conversations, brought to you by Table 112. Whether you're at the table, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope to inspire meaningful talks about life between parents and teens. If you find this meaningful talk helpful in your family, I would love it if you'd share it with a friend. I am your host, Dana Williams, and I am joined this week by my guests, John, Lisa, Gabby, and Taylor Molidi. This is part two of our conversation. If you didn't catch part one of this conversation, I suggest that you go back and listen to it from last week. John, Lisa, Gabby, and Taylor are back offering transparency about their teenage years and a glimpse of what could possibly be. John and Lisa have launched their daughters into the world and have given us an equally raw and hope-filled reflection of the teen years in their house. We talk about how they navigated conflict and the one piece of advice each of them would give. You might want to make some notes because they drop some serious wisdom on us when I ask them for that one piece of advice. Let's jump into part two of my lively conversation with the Molidi family. One thing that every family experiences, whether they talk about it or not, is conflict. And it sounds to me like you guys have been very uh, vulnerable with us about some of what that looked like for you. But how did you manage that conflict? Were there specific actions that you took with each other to go through periods that were difficult? Yeah. Mom following us up to our rooms. <laughs> the sun did not set on our anger, even if the conflict started after the sunset. Um, definitely never go to sleep on it. I think this isn't something that we say like a phrase, like we have a lot of phrases, as you've heard, that we repeat, but one that is just a way we live, but not something we said is all cards on the table, which dad will love because poker, but um, we always (laughs) live with all of our cards on the table. There's no secrets in our family. Um, And I think that when it came to conflict, there was always an element of like, put it all out there. Like, don't leave anything out because we want to get through this as thoroughly as possible um, so that it can be dealt with and moved on from and learned from. So I don't know if that's necessarily a practical how-to, but just making sure that nothing is left unsaid that needs to be said and and having those conversations. Yeah, like we've said a million times, but yeah, I think it was just always a, what's your, like the conversation that we keep referring to always went back to what's your heart behind it. Like there was always an element of like, well, what's your reason for doing that? Because there's always a reason, you know, like what's your reason for lying? What's your reason for yelling? You know, what's going on in your heart that's causing this external behavior? Because um, that's the root and, and getting to the root of the problem was like, definitely, that's the phrase they use a lot. Let's get to the root of the problem. Um, and that was mm-hmm. always the the fluctuation of our conversation that we keep talking about. Because we keep saying like, have the conversation. Well, how do you do that? You um, It usually started with yelling because we're Italian. And it usually ended with crying <laughs> because we're Italian. But in that progression, there was get to the root of the problem, all cards on the table, honesty, more yelling, and then probably a big hug at the end. So That's you so can real. Cater that to I, your ethnicity, however you'd like. But. I absolutely love that. That is so real. I just have a quick comment on this. Um, it actually, I kind of laughed when Gabby said, follow us up to our rooms because I knew if my mom and sister had just had a fight or my dad and my sister, I would kind of count down in my head like, okay, 10, <laughs> 9, eight, before <laughs> someone went up the stairs or someone went down the stairs because I just knew we're not going to leave this, you know, unsettled. And I would just say um, something that was so important to me that my parents did is I knew my parents would not talk about my sister with about me and issues they were having with me and vice versa. I knew that anything that was spoken about 
I, it was nothing they wouldn't say to me or in front of me. My parents did a really great job of not, you know, venting to me about this conflict with my sister or venting to my sister about this conflict with me. They tried really, really hard to just set those boundaries of, I will not say anything to you that I wouldn't say to her or that we haven't already talked about. And uh, it really just grew a trust in me that I felt like, okay, my parents aren't talking about me and issues with me behind my back to my sister. And I think it just bred a really healthy family atmosphere. So I just really have valued that over the years. Dana, I was just going to say, it's funny how they both comment about running up the stairs after them. And that is true. I I am Italian. I'm very passionate. But also, I'm a peacemaker. Um, If you follow Enneagram at all. I'm a two on Enneagram and conflict is very hard for me. I hate conflict, but I've done a lot through my job with conflict resolution. And one of the things in my head that I always had was, you know, if it's, if it's hot conflict, it needs to be cooled down. And if it's cold conflict, you kind of need to heat it up. So if nobody's talking, you know, we need to heat it up a little. But the problem and what I learned over the years was my need for peace sometimes got in the way of space that people might have needed. So I probably going back, if I had to do it over again, I might give some more space to them before I ran up the stairs, I guess is how I would say it. Because sometimes, you know, my need for peace led us to a conversation that would be even more heated and it probably could have been avoided if I gave everybody a chance to settle down and then had the conversation. So that's just a little something from mom that I learned over the years and hopefully will be helpful for some of the moms out there that maybe also struggle with peacemaking. I was going to say something funny too with dad and I, and I bet he's probably going to comment on something like this. He and I would like plan our fights, whereas mom and I would have spontaneous ones. Like mom and I would just start yelling because like we'd hit a nerve and it's like, ah! whereas dad and I would be like, we could sense that something was wrong and we'd be like we need to have a conversation about this and we'd like plan a time to have the conversation which would then turn into the fight but like I don't know I always kind of liked that like there was a set and distinct time for conflict resolution with you dad and you would like maybe that's because of your meeting nature from work but you'd be like let's set up a conference we'll like talk about this and then it would like become really helpful at the end and you always dad you always checked in with me at the end and would say like are you good is there anything else you need to say? And you'd like give that space in case. And you could tell if I was holding on to something, you'd wait longer. So like, I always appreciated that my dad planned times for us to have these conversations and then checked in at the end. And again, maybe that's like your meeting nature or something, but I really appreciated it. That's really awesome. Uh, Good examples to follow. I think that even just that, Lisa, your advice to pause and make sure that we're in a good space before we go and approach our kids is a really good piece of advice. And also like coming back to it and just going, hey, are we good? Because I know at least with my oldest, I've had that conversation and it really does help to have that check in. So thank you guys for bringing that to the table. Sure. Dad, did you have something to say? I feel like I cut you off. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. We're good. Um, just for the record, Dana, those footsteps were 99% Lisa <laughs> and 1% me. Um, as of many things in our marriage, we look at some of this from a totally different perspective. But Lisa needed to have that resolution. I was more of the opinion that, hey, let them sit for a while. Let them think about things. Let's deal with this tomorrow when everyone's in a better space. But I lost that battle most of the time. <laughs> you're coming with me. Come upstairs. <laughs> That's so funny. Opposites attract, right? I, yes. In our house, it's not exactly like yours looks, but the the same thing is true that my husband, Jeremy, who our listeners know, and I are very different in how we approach conflict. So 
uh, it's good to know those things about each other and to work with the people that we've been given. (laughs) So if you guys had one thing that you'd like to pass along to encourage the families that are listening, what would that be? I I would keep it simple and short again. And I would say, just keep the end goal in sight. Um, Don't ever um, let yourself deviate from the purpose that's there. It's so easy to get caught up in specific times and specific moments and specific situations. There's so many times, you know, Lisa and I would look in the mirror and be like, what in the heck are we doing? Are we screwing this up beyond belief? Are we, you know, are we going to have our kids um, have scars forever for what we just said or did? And, you know, in the end, it's all about making sure that your kids are responsible people in society and that they enjoy their life and um, that they enjoy the memories you had growing up. And it's just too easy to get caught in the details. I would just suggest keep the end game in sight. Keep plugging away. Never, ever give the indication um, at all that there, there's not love there. And everything you do, love's behind all of it. And as long as your kids believe that, you get through anything. Yeah, I guess for me, I, you know, Dana, I came to faith in Christ as a, an adult uh, with two small little girls. And for me, the driving force behind so much was I wanted my girls to have a healthy and strong relationship with God and know their value and hit, you know, and worth in his eyes. And so I would say just keep that at the center of everything. That was my goal all along was I just wanted my girls to know how much God loved them and prayed that they would know that love so much that they couldn't help but love him back. Because I knew if they had that at the center, that everything else would kind of figure itself out. And that whole fighting for the relationship, fight for them rather than with them and, you know, let them know I want this for you. I just, as I learned as an adult, that God wanted something for me, not from me. That was a huge shift for me as an adult when I became a follower of Jesus. So I wanted my girls to know that. I wanted that to be kind of the marker over um, all of the things that I, I did with them. So that would be my advice is keep Jesus at the center and pray hard for your kids and, you know, know, and just hope that long-term that that's uh, like John said, love wins. Lisa, I love uh, one of the things that we say around here at table 112 is start with me and it's for the parents. Uh, I don't know if the kids have heard me say that, but uh, I love that you recognized God's love for you. And then you turned and administered that same love to your girls. So I would say my last thing of advice is that everyone has a reason behind what they're doing. Just like you have a reason behind why you're acting a certain way or feeling a certain way, the other person does too, Um, whether that's your sibling or a cousin or a parent or whoever. Everyone has a reason behind what they're doing, and um, I think it's really valuable. And the most important thing you can do is to learn how other people are and why they are. Um, Everyone fights differently. Everyone loves differently. And the relationship with my family changed the most drastically and the most for the better when I started remembering that not everyone is me and um, everyone has a different way that they do things and a different reason that they do things. And when I started to learn who my mom is as a personality and who my sister is and who my dad is and why they do the things they do and remembering in all of that, it's all coming from a place of love. You just start to gain a humility and respect for the other person and you start to fight for them rather than against them. And yeah, I think just remembering that is really important. And and I think that that is the beginning step to take when you're trying to change a relationship in your life is really learning who the relationship you're trying to change with, um, who they are. Gabby, would you tell us what age you felt that switch happen in your mind? Um, 
different for each person. Um, Taylor and I have always been best friends. Our parents have always said, like, your sister will always be there for you. So I always knew that Taylor was my best friend um, growing up, and she still is. I think that when Taylor went to college and she kind of understood my life a little better as an older person and also when I had gotten past some um, some mental uh, stuff that I had been dealing with in high school, college, when Taylor went to college, so two years in for me, um, was when I feel like our relationship really switched from sisters because we grew up together to sisters because we choose each other every day and we're experiencing a very similar lifestyle now because, you know, before that it was like, well, you're two years younger than me, so we're not in the same phase of life. Um, and I never bothered that never bothered me but when she got to college I was like okay we're we're the same now you and me like we're we're doing the same thing and we understand each other so for Taylor it was college when she went mom and I have always kind of been that way I think um definitely when I got my mental health together in high school was when she and I got better because I think we neither of us understood why the things are happening in my brain that they were and when that got sorted out we got sorted out and uh we never really our fights are just as volatile and our resolutions are just as sweet as they've always been. So I don't know if there is a specific change. It's just been a um, gradual increase in growth with her. Mm-hmm. And then for dad, definitely college. When I went to college, I grew up a lot. I cut my pride in half. Hopefully that's remained. And, um, and I think he really realized uh, my ability that, that all the work that he had been putting in hopefully was paying off in my ability to be independent and grow and the fact that I wanted to and was learning how to humble myself and use those skills and hone them in. And I became more thankful for everything he had taught me because I saw it in practice. So, yeah, I'd say like the first month in college was definitely when dad and I got better. And we also had um, some space to breathe a little bit and grow into the people that we both needed to be for each other. And then every time we got back together, it was like even sweeter, you know. But I don't want anyone to think that we didn't have a good relationship in high school because we did. Some of my very best memories were with that. You know, him comforting me over prom drama is like my go-to memory with him. So like we had a great relationship for sure. But it definitely sweetened my first couple months in college. I think. Very good. Yeah. I think that um, there is that transition where part of growing up is realizing that other people have feelings. And so thank you for outlining how that was a gradual transition and that certain events in life precipitated it, whether whether it was struggles or a big change of moving out of the house and things like that. So I will just sit on this one thought that um, I've really developed over the years. I think thanks to my parents, my entire life, I've grown up knowing who Jesus is and knowing his role in my life. But when I was 18 was when I chose to really align my life with him and um, walk with him. And every day I reflect on the thought of what is the why. And so in my job search, in my college career, in the friends that I chose to surround myself, the why was always to try and share the love of Jesus and, um, Get, help people act as almost like a filter to help people understand the gospel and how it relates to their life. And I would say that is the exact same thing that I would bring to family dynamics is what is the why. And I'm feeling kind of a sister telepathy moment with my sister <laughs> um, as far as the reasoning behind what people are feeling and what people are thinking. Um, if me and my mom were having an issue and there was tension. We're both very, very similar. And so I would have to reflect and think, okay, what is the why of why she is advising me this way? And she would have to look at me and say, okay, what is the why of why she's reacting this way? And so my one piece of advice to families would just be in everything and good and bad, 
in conflict and in laughter, just what is the why? Why are they feeling this way? Um, why are they saying this? And get to the root cause because everything stems from the heart and just try and not be so reactionary. I'm very reactionary. I'm very emotional as a person. That's something I've had to really be disciplined about in the last few years is, okay, maybe what my parent is saying to me is causing like a flare up right now. Why? Why am I not taking what they're saying to me respectfully and processing through it? Why am I getting angry? And then talking that out with them. Or some of our best memories in the world. Why is this the best memory in the world? You know, and then how how can we foster more moments like this? So I would just say, if you need like a short phrase to just walk around with, it's what's your why? Why are you fighting to make your family healthier? Why are you fighting for better moments? Why are you wanting to put these rules in place? Um, And just so on and so forth. And uh, ultimately, I try and just carry that through both my family relationships, my friend relationships, and also just my life as a follower of Jesus, because he is the best why. Amen. That was really good. Amen. (laughs) And uh, service is closed. Go home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Quickly tell us where we can find you online. I guess Instagram, Facebook, you know, I'm Lisa Maliti is my handle on both. And then I have a a web or a blog called Ready, Set, Sunday, because I love environments and creating environments. And that's what I do a lot of at my church. So readysetsunday.com is my blog. Um, I am on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to see um, a little bit more of what we talked about earlier and all my angsty tweets from my tweet for my teen years, you can go on my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I haven't tweeted since like 2017. But (laughs) can y'all like vote in if you want Taylor to start a YouTube comedy channel? Because I'm still trying to get her to do that. Also, just shameless plug. um, One of the most impactful times in my life was my time in South Africa in 2018. And I do have a blog about it where um, I just share about my experience, but also my uh, personal life growth through that was really impactful. It's mosslebay.home.blog. Mossel is spelled M-O-S-S-E-L. Super. We will link to all of this in the show notes. Okay, so my Instagram at Gabriella Maliti, my Facebook, Gabby Maliti. If you're looking for work in video or media, I'm currently job hunting, so LinkedIn. Um, And then if anybody likes Disney content, I do a ton of Disney content. My air quote brand is Gabbing About Disney. Um, So I have a YouTube channel where I vlog. Been doing a little bit less recently because I've been busy, but lots of fun Disney content there. And then also the Instagram at Gabbing About Disney. Um, it's just fun to see pictures. So if you're into that, yeah, I got those channels going. And then sometimes Kit and Always Lily are the web series I wrote and produced if you like Harry Potter content. So I can be found at all those online locations. I have absolutely no digital footprint <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I kind of expected you to say that. <laughs> oh, uh, we always close out the show by asking, because the show is Lively Conversations, what's something that's filling you with life right now? Uh, for me, it's it's seeing the girls kind of carve their path to adulthood. This is kind of what it's all about, right? I mean, I mean, for all the time, effort, and love that we put into this, now it's kind of cool for me to sit back and watch them do this on their own. You know, very I get involved, and my wife gets involved with very little when it comes to pursuing their hopes and dreams. And you know, we've had some significant things happen with Gabby going to Orlando. She went down there basically not even knowing where she was going to live or what she was going to do. And we as parents were like, what in the heck are we doing? Letting her go down there and do that. But, um, it was something she wanted. She needed. 
it was about her and it's kind of cool to let to see her go down there and try to carve this out on her own same with taylor she had an opportunity to go back to Mossel bay hopefully we'll get past this um this virus thing and she'll be able to to go but it's it's kind of neat to see your kids follow their own dreams and it's kind of neat for me to see how they're so absolutely diametrically opposite of what mine were and and what i thought they would be when they were young it's uh it's, it's very uh it's very life-giving I agree. I love getting to watch my girls thrive and be, you know, carve their own path. But I'll I'll be, I guess, more selfish in my answer in this that, you know, I was a stay at home mom for 18 years. I say that um, in quotes. 20 and a half. Well, I guess I started working uh, being okay. I'll say it this way, Dana. (laughs) I volunteered in my position that I'm in now at my church for six or seven years. So I had this job, but it was a volunteer job, which really worked well for me because my husband traveled so much. I was able to say, I'm sorry, I won't make that meeting or I won't be able to go here or do that. Um, So the volunteer position as the elementary director worked really well. And then I uh, stepped on our staff team in 2013 when Gabby went to college and, but it was very, very part-time. So even then there was a lot of flexibility. Well, I've since gone to more part-time, I'm still part-time, but you know, my hours have increased and um, I have really, really enjoyed being, I thought I was going to have a really hard time with the empty nest, quite honest, because I just gave, you know, so much of my life in raising my girls. That was my job. Um, And so now on the other side of that, I miss them. I I often joke and say, you know, I understand you don't have to live under my roof anymore, but it would be nice to not have to get on a plane to buy you a cup of coffee. You know, I tease with them about that. But honestly, I love getting to watch them and and see them live out their lives. But it's also been interesting for me because John and I have had um, a lot of fun together and kind of had that opportunity again to sort of be a couple that, uh, you know, like when before they were born and I'm getting to kind of uh, engage in my career and, and do the work that I do at my church. And I, I love that. So that's all very life-giving for me. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I would definitely just say this season of my life, uh, the last, I would say two years is just so cool about, or it's just so cool to grow into, um, who the Lord is calling me to be being a single 22 year old at the front of my career. Um, actually in first Corinthians, it talks about how, a single woman can be concerned about the things of God. And I have seen that really played out in the last few years of my life and just getting to really step into that and open my mind to what do I need to fill my time with right now? Uh, the way that's grown my passion for my career, the way that's grown my passion for my friends, my roommates, um, and just getting to surround myself with a really, really great community, um, getting involved, uh, in a volunteer team at my church. It's just fostered so much personal growth. And so funny, like a funny way to answer this is what's giving me life is my life and this season and, uh, just the space that God has given me to reflect on how I have grown, but also to recognize how much more room I have to grow. Uh, cause it just sparks excitement to keep stepping into that. Super cool. Mine is also Jesus right now. Um, there is a ton of uncertainty in my life. Like my dad said, I just moved down to Orlando in August and, you know, just months before that I had gotten out of a really, really crazy two year relationship and like also had totally changed my plans for my career from media to fitness. And, you know, I didn't know where I was going with my life or what I wanted to do when I moved down here. I just kind of moved down here because I was like, I miss Disney and it's time, you know, I got to go back to Orlando. It's sunny. Um, so since moving, the Lord has 
transformed my life in ways I can't even comprehend and completely 180 to everything about my life. And it has not been without its struggles because, you know, I've been between three and four jobs just to make it ends meet, but I'm loving it. And um, I've got great roommates, but you know, it's, it's all new and different. And, um, and now currently with the virus situation, everything is up on its head. And uh, just when I was starting to think I could dig my feet into some work, uh, you know, things get crazy turned upside down. And so through this whole process, all I'm trying to say mainly is that um, nothing in this life has been certain ever, but especially in the last few months, I've been feeling that. Um, and God's calling me to trust on him and, you know, believe that there's a plan in place and it's going to play itself out and I'm going to do my part. So honestly, with everything the way it is with, uh, you know, romance and with jobs and with living and even weather and the virus, I just feel like Jesus is the only thing. And my family um, is the only thing stable right now that I can rely on and count on. And so my family and Jesus are really giving me life. Um, and, you know, social media has been great uh, to reconnect since moving. And my Bible has never been so worn down. And I'm really grateful for that. Good answers. Wow, Livelies. I just adore this family. And I love the truths that they brought to the table as they talked about conflict and the importance of protecting boundaries with other siblings and making sure that you actually have the conversation to get through the conflict. And for parents, how our need for peace, or I guess this could apply to teenagers too, but how your need for peace might actually get in the way of someone else's need for space as you work through those conflicts. Those are all such great ideas for us as we think through navigating conflict with our teenagers and with our parents. And then the truth that they just dropped on us at the end with the one piece of advice they'd like to give. Keep the end goal in sight. Make sure your kids know how much God loves them, that everybody has a reason behind what they're doing. And then this question, what is your why? I just loved those things that they brought to the table. And so keep those in mind as we get ready to turn the lively conversations over to you and your family. We want you to consider these verses from a song as you talk. King David wrote this song after his King David wrote this song about his heart after he was confronted about his guilt. Notice what it is that he asks God for. Oh give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. With that in mind, here's this week's big question for you to discuss together. Of the one piece of advice each member of the Molidi family shared, which one do you identify with the most? Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week at the table. Love you guys. Stay smart. See you, pals. Thanks for Gavin. Have a magical day. Peace out. Molidi's out. <laughs> <laughs>